Hello and welcome to the 75th episode of the Not Your Mama's Gamer podcast, a podcast where we talk about games and gaming from a feminist perspective. My name is Samantha Blackman and I'm an associate professor here at Purdue University in wonderful West Lafayette, Indiana. Uh, <laughs> where I talk about, think about, dream about, write about, amongst other things, video games, video games, video games. And I am joined tonight, as in every podcast night, um, by four wonderfully smart gamer academic women um, and one sleepless kid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to... This kid is not going to introduce herself, but the wonderful four ladies that are joining me tonight will. Let's go in the order that we see on the bottom of our screen. How's that? Starting with Alex Lang. Oh, oh dear. I'm last in mine. Uh, well, I got <laughs> Alex, Charlotte, Jen, and Sarah. How's that's that? Not, that's not what I had, but we'll go with it. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm Alex Lane. I'm a PhD candidate in T-minus two weeks, going to be a... PhD recipient. Hopefully. Perhaps. <laughs> maybe. If my dissertation advisor didn't lead me astray, yes, I'm blaming you already for my failure. Um, <laughs> I uh, study uh, gender issues in the video game industry and, um, and that sort of thing and play lots of games. So that's me. And I had two other female women events tonight. I was at Girls Night and I was at a Women's League for Disc Golf, so I had a busy night. Fun. Luckily, my hour late happened to be on time, so there we go. Yeah, it worked out. <laughs> Amazingly enough. Yeah, not that amazing. <laughs> not, not amazing. That's true. Way to downplay it, Charlotte. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right, well. No, I meant because we always are late. <laughs> true. Anyway, uh, I'm Charlotte Hyde. I am a PhD student at Purdue University. I recently became a doctoral candidate, and I'm super excited about that. And your dissertation um, chair helped me with that also, so I'll give her that credit. She's kind of the best, but don't yeah. die. <laughs> well, she's on mute for some reason, so I guess I can say whatever I want. Um, and I study... What do I study? I heard that. <laughs> I study... Workplace communication, and I play with Legos. And my mother is starting to play with Legos, so I'm infecting people with this. That is so awesome! I yes. love Legos. <laughs> that is exactly as it should be. Yes. <laughs> okay, okay, who's next? I'll I'll go next. Um, I'm Jen Justice. I'm a PhD student here at Purdue. Um, I'm really not sure what I'm studying since it's my first year, but probably something to do with games and writing and how to teach with all of that um, because uh, composition is really my my one and first pedagogical love um, and I love my my RPGs and my very obsessive little puzzle games that kill way too many hours of my day <laughs> okay so I guess it's my turn um, I'm Sarah Nixon I am not a PhD student <laughs> I am a undergraduate student about to graduate in May, uh, studying creative writing and professional writing. I'm looking to enter the industry as a uh, scriptwriter, narrative designer, community manager, sort of anything and everything that doesn't involve coding, basically. <laughs> 
All right. See, that's everybody. So what we're going to do now is our usual, before we get to our issue of the week, is what you're playing, what you're reading, what you're drinking, which is also always the important part. Um, and uh, since I can't figure out what I'm playing yet, uh, let's go in the order of introductions and I'll go last. We'll start with Alex. What you playing, Alex? <clears throat> well, um, I, I've been playing my, my typical things that I've been playing the last uh, last time, I think, which is uh, uh, Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare and Hearthstone, but I have a new edition this week, um, which I started playing today, and then I ordered online, which is Zoo Tycoon on the X-Bone. I know I'm a little late on it, um, and I don't give a shit what anybody has to say judgment-wise about it. I've been <laughs> taking crap all day. Um, no more or less nerdy than anything else, Okay. Hey, Jen. Yay. All right. Uh, um, uh, I love it. I played it obsessively all day. It's a, what, it, what it is is it reminds me a lot of um, Tropico, uh, particularly Tropico 4, uh, except it's on the console um, when I played it on the PC, obviously. But uh, it, I love it. Um, you've set up, if you haven't played any of the tycoons before this one, you've set up your zoo, and you gotta keep everybody happy, and you have to like put stuff in the exhibits, and I, I really, I really like it. It's it's hands down, and Sam can attest to this. It is hands down my type of game. I got like Civ and Tropico. Those are the games that that consistently over time I've been obsessed with. Like where you build up your base. Like I remember the first game I felt this way about was uh, the in uh, Command and Conquer. I don't know if you guys ever played that, like on just like the PlayStation. Um, but like the Command and Conquer, um, what do they call it? Just the just the little battles where you built up your base. You didn't have like a mission or anything. You just built up your base as big as you could. That's a that's a what I that's always what I dug. Um, so I love it. I love it. I know other people don't dig it as much, but um, but I love oh, it. Oh no, I I spent like many hours not playing that one, but on the computer. Yeah, Wizzy Tycoon. I love tycoons. They're some of my favorites. It's really, it's really fun. I, I love that kind of stuff. I would, uh, I'd recommend to anybody. So I, I just ordered it today, and I, I was gonna get it when it first came out, but it was only on digital download. And I don't want to take up all my space. And um, then I went to the store when it first came out. And it was still fifty-five bucks, so I wanted to wait a little bit. And today I ordered it for thirty. So nice. I think that's a win. I and that's always a bonus. Indeed. So uh, that's all I've been playing. I don't even have an indie game this week. So sorry, everybody. Fail. <laughs> I've been playing plenty, just not plenty of that kind of stuff. Oh, and Titanfall. Titanfall's my new thing. Oh, did you start Titanfall tonight? I, well, well, I uh, uh, we played it at a friend's house, and uh, and so I got a little taste of it, but but uh, I was going to pick it up today. I didn't have time because of all my other stuff going on, my other Wednesday commitments that I apparently scheduled over this, which I didn't mean to. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, uh, tomorrow, my goal is tomorrow. All right, Charlotte? Well, not much. Not much has happened. Um, I've been playing Raymond, of course. It's almost I'm, like you defended your perspectives or something. What do you think? It doing? is, yeah. I'm playing Raymond. I'm annoyed with Raymond, which is not normal. No. Weird. <laughs> yeah. I'm, at, I'm on a boss level that seems never-ending, and I'm annoyed. Anyway, I, <laughs> but I played that. I played uh, Typewriter, which is part of the Humble Bundle Um not the weekly one, the other one. Hmm. And it's sort of boring, but it's interesting in that it's... I think it would be interesting to teach with because it, it's really a beautiful game that talks about fonts, but 
after the first level, it's sort of boring to me. That's interesting. Uh, a game about fonts. Yeah, it's really, I mean, it's really pretty, and the, the music is awesome, and the graphics are awesome, and I really was digging it until I got to the second level and realized it was, we were going to do the same thing again, and then I was sort of bored, but it's, it's interesting. Um, and then, as I wrote in my post, well, I, wrote, I wrote it yesterday, but I guess it published today, um, I've been playing, or I've been testing the Amazon TV um, as console, Hmm. And that's interesting. Is that the fire thing with? Like, yeah. Nick oh, you said you've been testing it. Well, no, I have it. I bought it. And oh, I was like, I was like, I, you've been testing it. Did they I've been, give you one for free? No, that would be great. No, I've been testing <laughs> it. I, I didn't buy it for the game, so I've been testing it for the games. Mm. Um. And it's okay. I mean, my uh, Xbox controller works with it, so I wouldn't. I didn't have to buy the the forty dollar one, but um, that's always nice. Yeah, I mean it's and okay. People have, people have not had a whole lot of love for that for their controller anyway. I'm sure not. No, um, I had The Walking Dead already because it was free, and so that plays just like it plays on any other console or PC or whatever. Mm -hmm. The other games I'm not so sure about because you're really just playing a Kindle game. On a console, so hmm. it's not. It's not that. Uh, yeah, and that, that always seems like a weird thing. I mean, because, like, like I said, a lot of those like games, like Bejeweled and stuff. Yeah. I, I played a lot of on the 360 when P was a baby because she would wake up in the middle of the night and I would need something that had music that was kind of calming. Right. Um, yeah. So, uh, we well, I played a lot of uh, puzzle games while I was feeding her at odd hours of the <coughs> night, and because she had such bad acid reflux, she had to sit upright mm -hmm. for an hour after every feeding. So you know, we're talking about a two-hour time span, and I needed something that I can play with, you know, I, without getting too into and cursing. Right. And <laughs> well, so I played a lot of puzzle games, and it was. It was okay, but I could definitely not see why someone would, you know, buy a console just to play those kinds of games. Right, and what I, what I wrote about my post was that I, I guess I could see how it could be useful, and Amazon is calling it a bonus, so they're not at this point trying to sell it as, like, the new, I don't know how to say it, the OU or whatever, is that how you say it? The one the that was... The original use or something? No, like the... the Sort of console that just came out that was a Kickstarter. It was like, oh, oh, oh the, yeah, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. They're not, they're not trying to say it's that, but they're just trying to say it's like a bonus, which I agree, it's a bonus. I guess it's not really for me. I mean, I have consoles all over the place, so I'm not really their market, probably. Anyway, maybe a bonus like for casual gaming type of. Well, because a lot of the games that are available are um, hidden objects, and I don't know why I want to do that on my TV, but. <laughs> That seems like it'd be really clumsy on the TV. Yeah, so I don't know. It, I mean, it's, it's okay. Games like Walking Dead would be great, and I got Walking Dead for free, so I could see getting a game like that for free and being super happy about it. But mm -hmm. that's what I've been doing with games. So. Mm. Sorry, that was really bad timing on my part. That's okay. Mm -hmm. Sarah, do you mind? Oh, sure. I can go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of the end of semester crunch time, so I haven't been 
getting to play as much. Um, but I played Sims 3 a while. Whenever I come into contact with my friend who's like obsessed with Sims, I feel like she always makes me want to play Sims again. So I just <laughs> randomly started playing Sims. Um, it's nice actually because they there's this website called The Sims Resource and you can um, people create their own sort of sim mods and then put them on there and so you can download them and anything from like hairstyles to like whole properties and such and before all the best content was something you had to pay for but now it's all free so it's really nice and you can go and get a whole bunch of cool things and it just makes you happy again like you come back to the stands and you're like, look at all this cool new stuff, and then you play it for a while, and then you're like, hmm. Does Mod <laughs> the Sims not have a Sims 3? Does what? Does Mod the Sims not have a Sims 3, like, mod section? I'm not sure. I've they, only they had a ton of free resources for Sims 2. Uh-huh. And that was all player-created. I think I, I've i only ever used the Sims resource, and so okay. I'm not sure. They have to, though. It's been out for, what, like four years? I'm yeah, sure it's, they been a, do. it's been a well, while. Well, the, the Sims 3 platform, like, whatever they were using for the engine was very different. Uh, it made it very difficult for players to create, so it was a lot slower kicking off. Mm -hmm. um, but by now, um, you might want to check out Mod the Sims, all in word, because they tend to have some really good stuff. Yeah, I'm always impressed with how people can mod. It's really nice. <laughs> um, but I continue to play Mario Party um, every so often. That's always a fun fallback for me and my fiancé, just like vicious battle of Mario Party. Um, and then we're talking about, <laughs> talking about Oregon Trail in class. So I was, <laughs> I was playing it. Reminiscing, awesome. I guess. It's there I don't know, for some reason even before class I had just had this random urge to play Oregon Trail. It's like then you were talking about your game being Oregon Trail ish. So then I was like, no, I just want to play Oregon Trail. That happens so. to me like a couple times a year though. Like there's a handful of games that I always get the pull to play every year a few times. It's very strange. Oregon Trail though. I I don't think I'd think about thought about that game. Oh, at least five years. So it was really random, but <laughs> when the I'm urge strikes, help. yes, it's fun though. So, well, um, I like Sarah. Um, well, like all of us, uh, I'm caught in the throes of end of the semester paper writing. Um, and uh, creating an Oregon Trail-based board game. So I haven't been able to play a whole bunch, but I have been kind of playing, um, kind of replaying Final Fantasy VII as kind of a, a stress killer in the downtime. So that's pretty much where all of my energy, my gaming energy has been spent. Okay, so I guess it's my turn. Yep. I was mm -hmm. trying to figure out uh, what I've been playing. <laughs> and then I figured out what I've been playing. Um ESO. ESO. <laughs> yep. I've been playing a lot of ESO. Um, Elder Scrolls Online. <coughs> I posted about it this week because uh, I've been playing with um, a guild of academics. Um, I've actually been having a lot of fun playing it. Um, don't get it twisted. Um, it is 
definitely an MMO at launch. <laughs> <laughs> so I spend a lot of time um, opening up doors and falling eternally and uh, for an infinite amount of time through nothingness. <laughs> I have found myself... Uh, I'm not lying, I was with her earlier. <laughs> I have found myself a couple of times stuck in floors and such. Um, and they're like, well, just type slash stuck, which kills you and makes you respawn at the nearest wayshire. And also, of course, does damage uh, to your equipment. But you know what? Everybody knows what happens the first 30 days of, a, of an MMO. It's got bugs. Um and it's it's a it's a it's a Morrowind game, and there, if we remember back to Skyrim and Oblivion and Morrowind before that, then when they were at launch, they were replete with bugs as well. Um, so that being said, I'm still having fun because of the people I'm playing with as well. Um, and I have also been playing a whole metric crap ton of uh, Bravely Default. Um, because I have, um, are you shaking your head, Alex Lane? I just can't believe you're still playing that game, and it's pretty. It's a good game, though. It is I don't know how good of a game it is. I'm sure there's plenty of good games, but there's 14-year-old sexualized girls in it. They're not someone like you. It's not, I'm not judging. It's just so okay, shocking to me. They're not uh, I'll judge you for plenty of things, but <laughs> particular game is not one of them. I'm just shocked. Um, <laughs> So uh, I have rejuvenated three of the four required crystals. And, of course, after the fourth crystal, there will be another quest that I have to go on to finish the game. Um, so, but I'm having a whole lot of fun um, playing that. And what else am I playing? You know, really, not much of anything. I, I was behind, and I hadn't played the second episode of The Walking Dead yet which I have downloaded now but still haven't played and the third episode of Wolf Among Us came out today which I will probably end up playing before I play The Walking Dead but I haven't played that either so pretty much with you know the end of the semester coming and all I've only played ESO and Bravely Default for the most part at least that I can remember um, oh you know what is that a lie no that's it because I think I had already played um, Infamous Second Son Last time we talked, yeah, because yeah. that's what a yeah. I've been playing Infamous Second Son, so nothing new really under the sun. Yeah, we'll live. So um, that's all of us for what you're playing, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, anybody reading anything interesting, games related? Besides the thrilling articles I posted for you guys about gamification. Besides those. <laughs> Thrilling articles on gamification, absolutely. We didn't Just read this week, article. so... <laughs> there was a really good um, article in the New York Times about women in technology that it was like 30 pages long, I imagine, in my mind. Although it was a website, so I don't know. But it was uh, someone, someone actually at Metro State sent it to me, which I thought was kind of nice. Like, hey, you'd be interested in this. I'm like, colleague! <laughs> <laughs> so... I haven't been re reading anything. Anybody else? I've been reading about program assessment. So, Oof. I've been exciting. reading Saint Augustine. So I'm, I'm far, far from gaming Oof. at the moment. 
Oh, that makes me a little. It makes me a little tense right here thinking about. Reminds <laughs> well, me of Sarah, Sarah, Sarah should be reading about games. What's up with that? Oh, we didn't do any reading this week. Sam. Well, we're in the we're, we're in the studio games. part of our course. Uh -oh. so we're, we're making games. So they're not reading. So it's not like I'm letting them slack off or anything, Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading RPG Maker instructions. There you go. <laughs> well, I, I, I see your pictures on Facebook, and I want to come to the class. <laughs> I mean, if you want to make it a very twisted, convoluted type of connection, I've been reading the Buffy comics off and on. I'll see. Um, and since I've done fandom role-playing in that, <coughs> maybe you say that that's for gaming, but <laughs> that's mm -hmm. kind of a stretch. Sounds like it to me. I don't think it's a stretch. I See, I've been reading the Fable comics, and uh, what else have I been reading? Did you read the one about me killing my whole family? Because I, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I tried the same thing with Zoo Tycoon today. The first thing I did was got on a buggy and tried to run over a family. Sam's like, what is wrong with you, you psychopath? <laughs> she was like, oh, they jumped out of the way. <laughs> I, it didn't stop me from trying. I'm scared now. So. <laughs> well, Only now? <laughs> yeah. well, don't be very afraid of that when I'm telling you she's got luckily 90% uh, of the time I'm on a bike so it's alright <laughs> <laughs> those hurt too um, so let's see Fable Comics uh, what else have I been reading um, oh I read uh, Krista Charter's new book I don't know if I had read that last time we chatted I finished that yeah we talked because you, you didn't die right right no I didn't die um, and that's probably about it. I did. I did read a Lego Movie novel in Target today. That the whole novel in Target. Lego Movie novel. No, I mean I didn't read the whole novel, but I read some of it, and it determined it was exactly like the Lego Movie, so I stopped reading. But oh. yeah, there's a novel. Interesting, huh? Mm -hmm. <coughs> um. Okay, so here's the fun part. What you drinking, Alex? Saying I, I saw your uh. I, I got some wine, but this hasn't been my drink of the night. My drink of the night, like I said, this is my like fourth activity in a row. After celebrating Cody Reimer's winning of the PRF year-long. Congratulations, Sam. He deserves it, man. Uh, I've, uh, it, it's, been, it's been gin and soda, which is my new drink. I hated gin all the way up until like a month ago when uh, Ricky, Ricky and Tristan bought me a bottle as a celebration for um, getting a job. And I'm like, ah, I'll drink it. Gin and soda. So that's what I've been drinking all night. But I, ju I just switched to some wine. Decided to take it down for y'all. So. <laughs> Can I go next? I'll go next. Because mine, mine comes off of hers. Oh, okay. very good. Is it a white wine so, spritzer? I am drinking a white wine spritzer. However, <laughs> I bought a bottle of gin because of you and the gin and soda I had at the Purdue reunion. Which the was mo the most uh, calorie effective, yes. sh blood sugar effective drink you can have. <laughs> So I'm switching from, at, at, after this bottle, from wine and spritzer to gin and spritzer. Are you, are you really, are you really going? I here if you like it. No, I do are like it. Really... I had it. I had it at the Purdue reunion, and I liked it. Right, so. good. Girl, I'm so glad. What are you good. saying, Sarah? I love the love, because I hated it. I hated it. No, I love it. But I love, I love, I love uh, sparkling water, so. See, I hate gin. So I did I. I of my being. Soda. There, there's I, I, nothing I hated gin. Give me 
with gin actually, that will make me like it. Allergic? Oh. I'm allergic to gin. Oh wow! Yeah. I didn't know you could be hurt. like allergic to. Uh, it's to like juniper, because gin comes from juniper berries. Oh. So, yeah, if um, if you were like actually to like get scratched by juniper, like the the leaves or the needles, and if you got a reaction on your skin, you're probably allergic. But it's not super common. But. Huh. Yeah, I used to think that like so I I used to think I was being really irresponsible if I had a drink that had gin in it, and then I'd get. I'd feel the effects like a million times faster than I ever thought I should. And Sounds amazing. Because uh, it not so much. <laughs> <laughs> I skipped the fun reactions and went straight to the not-so-fun reactions. Um, and so it was nice to find out why. <laughs> well, that sucks. <laughs> I can't have beer, which is my... Pretty much all I lived for. Me too. That's why I'm like with you, Alex. Yeah. I'm with you. We're in, <laughs> We're in the same boat. It's there's so many. Like today, there was the new Goose Island Double IPA. At I can't even stand it. Everybody's like, "Have a beer," and I'm like, okay. "All I could do is smell uh, it and then cry a little and die a little." <laughs> but you know, the gin and soda, very good. Yeah, it's not as good as beer, but we'll we'll take it. <laughs> so, but so anybody drinking beer? Well, no, but I'm, I'm drinking a sea breeze. That's close, I guess. Not, really. <laughs> Not even close. No. <laughs> no, vodka, cranberry, and grapefruit juice, so. I like that. It's good. It's really, it's, great, good. it's a great summer drink. Ooh. So. Nothing compared to the sneaky sneaky for a summer drink, but. <laughs> you are absolutely right. I have not experienced that, so you I can't, need to. can't say. It's I the only time you've ever said I write about anything in a boat drink. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody in our um in our audience says Tracy in our audience says Jen is for people who want to drink a Christmas tree. Um and Tracy is absolutely right because uh I that's exactly what it tastes like. Uh, Tracy, you're right, you're right, but I was I was a hundred percent I couldn't hate it more and was totally on that opinion until I tried a gin and soda. Gin and tonic didn't do it. Gin and ginger, or I don't know, whatever people tried. I thought it was disgusting. Gin and soda, man. It's a different ball game. I agree. I agree with Alex, but I also am a little bit addicted to um, sparkling water, so right. I like everything with sparkling water. Carbonation makes everything better. Yes, it does. Truth. Except gin. <laughs> Except gin. No, we're saying it makes it fine. No, no. Yes, yes, it does. Totally drinkable. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not bad. It's not beer, but it's not bad. <laughs> Let's stop talking about beer. I know I'm sad in my heart. Me too. Oh, I'm sad <laughs> in your heart. <laughs> well, um, is it my turn? Yeah, mine yeah. is easy because um, you know, we're heading toward the summer months, so I'm a. Uh, and and since I was also celebrating earlier with Alex and Cody, um, I thought I'd continue on the vodka kick, and I'm having a sneaky sneaky. <laughs> what a surprise! Hey 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 hey! And I don't always have them. I just started having them again. So what a celebration today because my first day able to eat food for ten days. I have not had food for ten days until today. You're wearing your your uh, oh God. you're wearing your uh, shirt there, Alex. Okay. Yes. 
Yeah. Yes. I was wearing it the other day. I love it. What exactly is a sneaky sneaky? It is, what is a sneaky sneaky? It's like you've never listened to this podcast it's, before. It's lemonade and sweet tea flavored vodka. Ah, okay. Okay. So is that everybody on drinks? Yeah. Sarah, did no, you? Sarah didn't go. Oh. I didn't go because I'm currently on drugs. Oh. <laughs> I say that all the time. It never gets me out of trouble. What the hell? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, Not illegal ones, we assume. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You couldn't see. You couldn't see my wink because my camera's off. Your so. wink. My wink. Oh. Wink. Her wink. <laughs> wink. Wink. Nudge. Nudge. Okay, um, so Sarah's not drinking, and so let's move into news, yeah. and uh, I'm going to cut out for just a second while, while Sarah runs through the news. Okay, so um, I don't know if you've heard of the uh, Project Morpheus, which is uh, going to be Sony's virtual reality system. Um, That's to answer but, Oculus Rift, right? Yeah, kind of, yeah. So, But there, it's been being discussed recently, and... They uh, basically confirmed today that this upcoming survival horror game, Cult Con County, um, will be supporting virtual reality. If It's a Kickstarter, though. So if it gets funded, then it will support the virtual reality. Um, Until it gets bought out by a big company, and then they make millions of dollars off of it, right? <laughs> so... It's going to be a survival horror virtual reality game if you play it with that virtual reality system, which I think is really interesting and probably terrifying, to be honest. Originally, they had planned the game for uh, to be on 3DS, but then it just kind of developed beyond the, what the 3DS could be capable of, so now it's going to, like... PS3, PS4, uh, and computer, and Xbox and such. So I'm I'm interested to see how the virtual reality would work, especially in a horror game. Probably terrifyingly. <laughs> in theory, yeah. But maybe that's a good thing. I mean, I really enjoy horror games, but at the same time, I they freak me out. So. I don't know, good and bad. I love I, horror games too, but I don't think I experience them quite like Charlotte does. She I was gonna say, experience. I would love a horror game that actually freaked me out. I, I, I walked in. We were doing the twenty-four. You did walk in, but in, the, in my defense, that was in the middle of the night at Hevelon. It was like four in the morning. She <laughs> left the room where we all were to go sit by herself. And yes, in a dark room. In a dark room, all by yourself, <laughs> kind of like wrapped. I imagine you were like wrapped up like a burrito. And you really yeah, trying yes. to scare the shit out of yourself. Was I was trying to. I was trying to, and it worked because Outcast is a scary fucking game. You yeah. would smoke by yourself after that, if I remember correctly. Yes. No. Well, I wouldn't smoke by myself because Sam wouldn't let me, so I had to take Ricky with me. But uh, I did, in fact, go to try to scare myself, and it worked. But it worked because Outlast is a stellar horror game. It would not have worked if it was a cheesy horror game. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, that's fair enough. That's totally fair. And he creepy Hevlon. We should start a rumor that Hevlon is haunted. Well, 
Well, there's a rumor that there's also people in there. <laughs> but there's a what? So, a what? There's people. In there's there. a homeless guy living people. in there. People. Oh, is that? I've heard about yeah. that. Yeah, a homeless guy, like, walking around. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, scary. Totally true. They were so when you're in there in the dark playing by yourself, and Alex walks up and says, hey, and I ask, you know, jump. It's it's normal. Jump is in <laughs> your pants. <laughs> I did not pee my pants. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> on that note, news. Um, yes. So, Nintendo held their uh, a Smash Bros. Um, direct conference today to give information about the upcoming release of Smash Bros. Um, for 3DS and Wii U. And we learned that the game will be released in the summer for 3DS and in the winter for Wii U. And I'm not really sure why it's at different times, but um, I don't know. Personally, I don't have a th I don't have a Wii U, so I'm like 3DS, yeah, and it's earlier, um, and it looks really great. And they sh revealed uh, that there are going to be new characters like Greninja from Pokemon XY is going to be in there. Um, there will also be, like, it, it says that it will connect to your network ID, so instead of having anonymous matches, um, it will kind of connect and display your name, and there will be a code of conduct, so you can't, you can play, you know, you have to play nicely, I guess. And there's going to be new items, including a Master Balls, which are like the Poke, original Pokeballs, but they're going to only summon rare Pokemon. Uh, interesting. I think it. I don't. I don't know. Personally, I think that it looks really great. And also, the like finishing move for the villager is apparently you summon Tom Nook and he like builds a house around your opponent and then destroys the house. And it's just very fitting for Animal Crossing. I feel. <laughs> <laughs> and the, I'm pretty sure the whole Animal Crossing fandom was just like cursing under their breath of Tom Nook. <laughs> so that's funny. Um, I don't know if any of you played The Last of Us, but it's yes. coming remastered onto PS4. Uh, and they're adding just a, a little new content, I think. Um, it says Left Behind single player expansion. Abandoned Territories Multiplayer Map Pack and Reclaimed Territories Pack. Um, so, I don't know, personally, I feel like the, the, there's been a theme recently of remastering games, adding a little new content and then re-releasing. But I, I guess they were saying that the, the Tomb Raider one was worth it. So... Perhaps this one will be worth it, too. And then, last, um, the rumor of the week. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. So the rumor of the week is that Microsoft is considering using an Xbox 360 emulator. Yes, I'm so excited. On Xbox One. If they had done that to begin with, I would have bought it on launch day. <laughs> <laughs> However, you don't, they don't know... There hasn't been any information about whether or not they're going to have you have to rebuy these 
Oh. To download them. Oh, that's obnoxious. Yeah. So, that's, I'm not sure. That's a game changer, but... Yeah. Had, they, had they done that on launch day, I wouldn't have canceled my pre-order. One of the big things was I have all this backlog. If I get a new one, I'll be done with it. Mm-hmm. So, but having to rebuy it, no. Yeah, I know. I think that kind of ruins it. Because the whole thing is that you're looking for backwards compatibility so that, you know, you can condense your stuff onto one machine and continue playing your old games but not have to then keep that system around. Right. Um, right. And that's, you know, the whole reason why backwards compatibility was nice. Like, for instance, I... we When we had our PS3, we got one of the original ones that was backwards compatible. And that was nice because I, I decided to randomly replay like all of Final Fantasy X one time on it because our PS2 had broken. And then, but then our PS3 ended up dying and then to buy a reverse compatible PS3 now is really difficult and a lot more expensive. <laughs> yeah, I'm so really glad I got like, one of the backwards oh. compatible ones. Yeah. Because yeah, you'll have to pay like $5 million for it on eBay. Yeah, at this point. No, it's <laughs> Well, what I, what I dislike about it the most is that they give you these games that sort of, like, capture your heart. They make you invest, right? So, like, like I keep... The thing that keeps coming up to my mind is Cold Sip Saga, which y'all know I am completely obsessed with, but you only play on the 360. Um, but so... Or, or even, like, Skylanders, right? Like, they get you to totally invest in this game, to buy all this extra shit, to, like, spend your time and whatever... And then they make it impossible to play. So it's all of a sudden, it's almost it's like they take a world away from you, you know. So mm-hmm. it's like, well, I, like I can't do this because your crappy machinery has quit on me now, and I bought your new thing, but it doesn't work. And so I don't know. I feel robbed. Like whenever this kind of stuff happens, I just feel like robbed from them. But well, so that's, that's why I didn't buy it to begin with because it's. And still remains. I mean, we're like, what, six months into this or something? Yeah. It it remains to me a $600 Dead Rising 3 game. There's no other incentive. No, not really. Well, they had a Titanfall bundles for like, what, $450? The problem is I don't care about Titanfall. I only care about Dead Rising 3 and all of my other 360 games. See, but what you do is you buy the Titanfall bundle for $450 and then you you trade Titanfall in and get Dead Rising. Okay, so then it becomes a four hundred and fifty dollar game. Sam, four hundred and fifty dollars for a game. That's too much. Well, the uh, the thing is though is that they are they are cycling out those last gen systems really fast. I mean, we've got games like right now coming out for the three hundred and sixty and the PS three. Yeah. But if you look at the games that are coming out like more than three months from now, none of them are being released. For the 360 and the PS3. And maybe then I will think, hey, this is a good buy. But right now, it's still not. Except Ubisoft, right? Because they committed to Ubisoft releasing on previous gen as well. <laughs> well, we'll see. Ubisoft, Ubisoft is not likely to release a new Raymond at this point because they just did. So they're yeah. already making me happy. <laughs> the Rayman isn't on the X-Bone, right? No. Uh, yes, it is. It's not? Yeah, it is. 
Is it? Because yeah. I couldn't. I went to two different stores and I couldn't find it. Yeah, it's really it, 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 it is. Well, I couldn't find it. Maybe we sold that. Look online. It's sold. It's sold out because it's awesome. Clearly, you didn't try hard enough, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> I went to two stores and they didn't have them, so I said, "Screw it." Tripped into a game aisle and was like, oh, "They don't have it for Xbox." I really didn't try very hard, but I was just like, "That's weird." They should, had it on 360, then on PS4. You should, you should try because it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, they they have it. They have it's it. A, it's a couch. It's a good couch co-op, which was I'm, what I'm always looking for. It's supposedly one of the best couch co-ops you can get. So. It's one of the best games you can get. <laughs> yeah, I've never played one. I haven't played one since high school. It's so. the best game ever in the world yeah, ever. I don't think I've played yeah, it for was, a while either. Because Raymond was one of the ones that came out almost simultaneously on digital download for the um, for the yeah. Xbox. It Not, was also one of the first games on the Wii, if I remember correctly. It was, it was one on of the, the first games on the Wii. The Wii U, yeah. Wii U, yeah. No, no, I'm thinking like back on the Wii. Yeah, like way I, back when. I'm Wait, talking I, about Raymond Legends, though. Raymond Legends yeah. is on the Wii U. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's also the most awesome game ever. <laughs> Even though I'm mad at it right now. <laughs> trouble in paradise. There's trouble in paradise. <laughs> All right. I don't have an indie game, so we can skip along. Boo! I know. My bad. I'll have two next week. <laughs> I'll have Titanfall and, and Zoo Tycoon to talk about next week. And neither of them are indie Those games. Those are indie games. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm just so pissed off about Science Girls from last time that I can't <laughs> possibly... Science Girls! <laughs> the worst game I have ever played. You gotta do the pose with it, because there's gotta be a pose, right? Science Girls! I don't have my camera on, so I couldn't see the cheesy pose oh. I just did. That's a good thing, trust oh. me. I oh my god I hate games. <laughs> Science girls exhaust me. I'm sorry. Can we move on? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, as Alex Lane promised last time, uh, this week we're talking about gamification. Um, I'm gonna be nice. Um, and uh, since this is Alex's idea, I will not start with my spiel about gamification and give her a chance to start with hers as she's sucking down that wine. Gamification. Let's see. So our topic this week is gamification. If you're not familiar with it, um, I'm going to be reductive here. But it's essentially the idea of taking uh, vid- components of video games that make them compelling and putting them in an educational setting. Uh, the term originated from marketing, where if you remember in like kind of the mid '90s, where they started like uh, they would have like your your you know an ad on the side of your screen where you're holding a crossbow and you have to like hit Cupid, and if you do that, you like win fifty dollars off whatever crap they're selling, right? And it was a it was a marketing ploy to get you to click, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, on their advertisements, uh, and then it, and then it, the idea um, became extremely lucrative. Especially, remember late '90s? Yeah, I would click on that stuff constantly, right? Like, I didn't care if it brought up an ad; I just wanted to play the stupid little side game. Um, 
And so it became it, it became extremely successful. It was proven a lot of different marketing circles through a lot of different marketing techniques, and then and then it uh, shifted. It kind of merged with James Paul G's work on games and education, and um, <laughs> they uh, started looking at how we can take games, like what makes them compelling, what makes them engaging, what makes them interactive, and take those components and shift them to education to make education entertaining and engaging. Um, and so it seems like an amazing idea, I think. Like, well, <laughs> you know, heck yeah, right? Like, uh, yeah. If, you made, if you made water get me drunk like wine, I would drink water constantly, right? So um, <laughs> that's an amazing idea. That doesn't <laughs> sound alcoholic at all, Alex. <laughs> we trying not to sound alcoholic because I'm not doing a good job of that. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so, uh, it's, again, it seems like a really good idea. Um, of course, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way when you actually apply those things to, uh, to, to education. Um, one, one person likened it to chocolate-covered broccoli. Chocolate's good. Uh, broccoli's good for you, but you put chocolate on broccoli. It doesn't make you like broccoli anymore. In fact, it probably makes you hate broccoli a lot more. Uh, than you did originally, because that's and disgusting. Because now you just ruined and good chocolate. You ruined good chocolate, you ruined good broccoli, and you now used it's cheese. terrible. Should have yeah. used cheese. <laughs> Still, that sounds pretty gross. No. Um, broccoli and cheese is not gross. Broccoli and oh, cheese. It's also not good I for you. Peas, like put pea, chocolate on peas. There's chocolate on broccoli. <laughs> chocolate on peas sounds disgusting. But yeah. neither here nor there. This is not the point. <laughs> uh, so we have all of these different um, educational groups like doing because the the White House hired a uh, video game advisor to the White House to try and figure out why games were so engaging for for the youth while um, while education was not. So they hired like this advisor and they uh, funded all these research projects um, to try and figure this out. And so you get pretty much everything on the spectrum um, from the very very bad studies. Which show uh, which which uh, call for well you put points on things and you give badges and achievements um, instead of giving what you do in education which is basically the same thing you give scores and you give grades you know mm -hmm. um, which is essentially the same thing you just call them something different you make them look some like something different right so. So that's so different, and that will make it engaging. And then you have it all the way up to sort of the, the really decent studies, um, which I think me and Sam and our friend uh, Cody Reimer um, has done a lot of work on looking at, okay, you can't just put points on something. That's, that's, that's what's been derogatorily called pointification uh, in the past. Uh, you can't just put points on something and automatically think it'll be fun. Uh, what you need to do is sort of engage with why the activity isn't engaging in the first place, and mm -hmm. you need to look at what is it about a game, not the mechanics, not the surface level, but what is it about the actual actions um, that make it engaging, and what comes out of uh, what comes out of it is things like instant feedback. That's one of the things that really we find compelling about games that we lack in education. <coughs> we don't like if you fuck something up in a in an educational setting, you typically don't get instant feedback. Hey, you messed that up. Do it again. Or um, what essentially what it comes down to is transparency and articulation of what we're actually looking for in education. Um, and then, uh, and then, and then, looking at uh, like sort of the constant 
feedback and evaluation and guidance. Guidance, that's the word I'm looking for. So your constant guidance. Um, mm -hmm. So tip, in a game, you have the system to do that for you. In education, theoretically, you have a teacher to do that for you, which, as you can imagine, is incredibly impossible because a teacher can't be there 24 hours a day when you finally mm -hmm. decide to turn in your annotated bibliography to tell you if it's good or not. <laughs> um, and there's no objective system to tell you if your writing is interesting or compelling or persuasive, right? Like, that just doesn't exist. So. Um, mm -hmm. Where the state of, in my opinion, where the state of gamification exists right now is in this weird limbo phase mm -hmm. between people in game studies recognizing there's something, in my opinion, something completely unique about video games that make them compelling and engaging. And it's, video games teach things. Undoubtedly, hands down, they teach things. So how do we, how do we tie into that um, and sort of harness that for teaching the stuff we want to learn, we want our students to learn? Um, and nobody's really figured out an answer for that. My hunch is that there is no answer because anytime you try to make like a spread of do these ten things and you do these ten things and you taught somebody something, that's never going to work, right? So it mm -hmm. needs to be kind of holistic. It needs to be rhetorical. It needs to be thoughtful. Um, but that is my extremely long intro to gamification. So uh, not it. <laughs> uh, well, 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 let me jump in there because that was a great intro to gamification. Yeah, and it kind of it kind of nails it. Um, and we've been and, talking about this for about four years, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, like Alex said, you know, a lot of what we've been thinking about, kind of thinking about in our own research, thinking about in our own classroom teaching, um, is you know how how games get used, right? Um, in classrooms, and it's amusing now to go to some conferences and like to watch like the Twitter back channel, and people are making fun of gamification. Whereas you know, three four years ago, it, the gamification talks at conferences were packed, like absolutely and completely. To and be then, fair, though, there's a lot of panels that are still like. I tried putting points, we were at one this year at C's that were like, I tried putting points on things and I'm trying to articulate why that's valuable to people who give tenure. Help me. Right. And we were like, well, you know, can you look back to four years ago when people were doing that and figured out Remember that it worked very well? years ago, go back there. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but what... what I'm more interested in now because people say, oh, so you're doing gamification. No, I don't do gamification. I'm not interested in gamification um, except as kind of in, in a um, condescending way. Uh, and <laughs> but no, I'm, see, I'm kidding. Um, and, and people say, well, is gamification dead? Right? Um, and I don't know that gamification is as a concept, as a larger concept is dead. Gamification, as it's been done, is dead, and it's such kind of a, a heavily latent term at this point that we really just need to get rid of it altogether. So when I talk about it, people think I'm talking about something totally and completely different because I always say games-based learning. Mm -hmm. um, because for me, that is, that is, in essence, what gamification should have been from the very beginning, which mm -hmm. is not giving people um, badges and achievements for uh, for reading Plato, uh, but more looking at. <laughs> I went to the achievement for reading Plato. That was painful. We, <laughs> again. we, we went to that again. conference <laughs> and that presentation. Do you remember that? Okay. She and she uh, she fell asleep. 
And then we left in the middle. Hey. <laughs> we left. No, I didn't. That wasn't the one I fell asleep in. That was the one we had the coffin fit okay. in and, and ran out on. You were. Uh, <laughs> and in my defense, I did fall asleep in one gamification session, um, and it uh, was because Alex Lane had made me have a massage beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually willing to take blame for almost anything, but I'm pretty sure that wasn't mine. <laughs> um, I remember that, though. Free massages. What do you do? What do you do? <laughs> uh, what, what, what I keep thinking of, I, I, I was telling you guys before we started, I just got off this 10-day juice fast, so until today I hadn't had food for 10 days. I've just been drinking vegetable juice, right? So I can see you shaking your head, Jen. So... Uh, uh, what it reminds me of is... I'm thinking about how one of my students just dealt with the whole research thing on fad diets. <laughs> yeah, well, well, indeed, this would be in there. So uh, what it reminds me of is your, the reaction you get when you tell someone, I'm vegan, versus telling someone, I eat a plant-based diet. That's what it reminds me of. Like, gamification <laughs> is this negative word that you immediately sort of have this knee-jerk reaction to. It seems, like, monolithic, and it seems like dangerous and it seems disproven in all these different ways as being unhealthy for education. Uh, but having a games-based education like Sam's talking about seems all right, right? Mm -hmm. She mm -hmm. went away, so someone else has to respond. Well, I think some of the excitement that came, like the reason that gamification was such an exciting concept is that people do know that games-based learning works. Um, I mean, they've learned through games. They enjoy okay, games. They have fun with that. That's why they tried this in the first place. Um, <coughs> I think I think it comes back to that idea of not really understanding what was causing th something to be effective or to be fun. Um, and so they took the surface mechanics with per most of the times, especially in pedagogy, with per perfectly good intentions. Without a um, doubt. Yeah, mm -hmm. but but they but they stepped into it without really taking the time to study how games work and what goes into the making of an effective game. Um, and they took the things that were so surface that it's basically a crappy game design. Um, so it's it became this bad word because it's it's like, oh, gamification doesn't work, but no, that's just really shitty game design. You know, game. Well, and yeah, this is, this you, is you need to understand how to actually do this before you can make right. it work. This is what I love about Cody Reimer's dissertation. His dissertation is circling around this issue, which is why I seem like I know what I'm talking about, even though I really don't. I just talk to him all the time. Um, his, his dissertation That's exactly is all about, what it is. I know, it really is. <laughs> and his dissertation is all about making compelling systems. So gamification if it's going to ever be successful, and the reason why games themselves are successful, he's looking particularly at League of Legends, the reason that it's successful is because it's so well designed. So in order to make a class that has good gamification, which Sarah, you're lucky you got out of my, you were in my classes after my gamification stage, because you would have been like RPGing and it would have been horrible. But, uh, but he's looking at like what makes a system compelling rather than what are the mechanics that make it compelling, because Jen's right, that that question is false from the beginning. There's not mechanics that make something compelling. There's systems, and there's depth mm -hmm. that make something compelling. And that's what pedagogy needs, I think, is what you're saying, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Ellen, I think, it, I think it ties to, I mean, the whole reason we ended up here in the first place was uh, linking off of that, of our failure talk last week. Mm -hmm. um, the Part of the big problem with the gamification movement is that it tacked game mechanics 
onto things that had real consequences. Um, so it it can't be an effective game if the cost of screwing up is is yeah, devastating. Exactly. Well, that's the old magic circle argument, right? Right. right. It tacks it on to, to real it types it on to kind of real repercussions. Real, I can't real see repercussions. I'm sorry, I turned my uh, camera off because my kid my ran in the room. My wow of my character getting stolen and all their sh- stuff trashed is pretty real. What? Look, real <laughs> onto, uh, <laughs> to real repercussions, but not allowing for other kind of game based activities like learning through failure, right? Like, um, like using cheats of different kinds mm-hmm. in order to learn the game, right? Um, and we talked about that. It's like, you know, we people learn through cheating. Uh, whatever that cheating is, it's like, you know, it's, it becomes this community-based learning experience, right? Because we go to forums, we go to walkthroughs, we go to less plays to learn how to do something um, and to help us even in our theory crafting um, when we play games. But if we do that in your, your typical meritocratic classroom, then all of a sudden, oh no, that student's cheating. That's going to be a big old problem, right? Well, and that goes with that bad game design idea as well. Um, the cheating becomes a problem for a game designer when the methods that you need to take to cheat don't fulfill the purpose they were trying to do, um, which basically means you you designed it poorly because the alternative ways of using the system <coughs> go with an entirely different lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, as players, we do this all the time. We find the, the path of least resistance, and our students are going to do the same thing. Um, so if we gamify a system and we do it poorly, they're going to play the system. I agree it's, to an it's extent. It's the that, smart but thing to do. A well-designed system, which I think is what you're getting at. Oh, well, in a well-designed right. system, you can if, game, you can, you can cheat the system, you can game the system, you can do anything you want. Um, but that won't break the system. It won't negate the system. It won't do anything other than find a new cool path. Which you're is right. what I, I, I oversimplified that. In I like, like your... In, like, second grade math, right? Like, when you come up with a different answer because you did the work in your head and your teacher's like, no, you need to show your work, you're like, shut up, I did it fine, right? Why can't I use this method? Like, that is, like, a poorly designed system because it puts all the emphasis on X when you could easily do it with Y. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, sorry, I I oversimplified that. I like your phrasing better. Well, it's collaboration. We collaborated on a good point. There we go. That's cheating. <laughs> and if this was a system that like only monetized or only like thought was valuable a single point, then we would have just negated the system. <laughs> exactly. And I think the whole thing of it is that when you put that sort of obligation aspect um, or stress aspect on anything, it doesn't become, it just becomes not fun anymore. Like mm-hmm. there's, it's, it's, I think it, it, it is fair to say that it's that simple because every time you're expected to do something or especially if you're going to be doing this and going to be getting a grade for it, then things just don't become fun. And you're just like, you become so focused on getting doing that and getting it done and getting it done so that you can get the best grade that you take whatever steps you need to take to just Mm -hmm. 
get that end result, and then you skip the whole process of the learning because you're just trying to get to the end. Well, and and Tony uh, Tony Bushner and I just presented at a grad student conference on using games in the composition classroom. Um, and when we got to the question and answer section, um, somebody who had come in a little bit late, like the first question that came out was, so how do you assess this? Mm -hmm. And it was like, oh goodness, you missed that whole part. You don't. <laughs> um, the game assesses it. The game will end up assessing it if the game is designed. You can grade an other activity that uses the skill that the game taught, mm -hmm. but don't attach a grade onto the game because that, unless it's a participation grade, just because I mean you're immediately negating the ability for the game itself to do what it's supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, and I think but see that's that's kind of what we we talked about before when we talked about stuff like failure and cheating is. All of this involves totally rethinking our pedagogies, and that's some scary shit for people, <laughs> right? Because, you know, people have always talked about the student-centered classroom and all this other stuff, and, you know, like kind of, you know, decentering power in the classroom. There is no more decentralizing of power than to say, you know, this is games-based learning in my classroom, and it's all going to depend on the game, because you have no control at that point. Mm -hmm. um, and you've got to be okay with that. You've got to be absolutely and completely okay with that. Um, because for too many people, they feel like that's not teaching, right? Um, you know, because there's still one stuck in that old banking model of teaching that this is me, you know, bestowing my great knowledge upon you, and you are a sponge that is going to receive that, right? Rather than recognizing teachers for what they should be, Right, which is more facilitators in the learning process, right? There to kind of help guide this learning thing, um, and, and and help people figure it out along the way by themselves. And I think that people who who move more closely with that facilitation model um, are either loved or hated for it, <laughs> right? So it's either like people are like, oh, okay, so I get what you're doing. You're making me figure this out for myself and talking it through with me. Um, but not telling me what to do. Um, or people are like, well, she didn't teach me anything because she didn't tell me what to do. That's not my job. It's not my job to tell you what to do. Um, I, I remember uh, some, I think it was, somebody was telling me once that the best teaching evaluations you can get that are bad are the ones that are, I didn't know exactly what she wanted from me or right. he wanted from me. Is the best bad teaching evaluation you can get. Because if someone doesn't know exactly what to do to get the grade in professional writing and rhetoric, you are teaching what you need to teach then. Well, I just had the best semester ever. Um, I taught <laughs> on that or just... No. <laughs> and no one knows what the fuck they're I doing. I didn't know class. what I'm doing. Just FYI, I had the best semester no, ever. No, I didn't. I, did. I taught um, for the first time, and it was very scary for me, a Lego Mindstorms project where they had no idea what I wanted and there was failure built all into it. Failure and chaos really. And it, it, it was just the most uh, everything that Alex was saying. Like they don't know what I want. They had to figure it out and the results are beautiful. So I would like to think that Sarah 
is one of the smartest undergraduate students I've ever met in my whole life, and she took two of my classes, and I bet I said, <laughs> figure it out more than any other phrase. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that happened, and apparently she did, because... You're brilliant. That was so. thank you. <laughs> Trinity, Trinity in the graduate program. But I really think, figure, figure it out. Like, mm-hmm. people just don't deal with uncertainty ever in their lives, no, right? No, no. So, like, oh, they don't have a tutorial leading them through it? Well, you know, life doesn't have a tutorial. Figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Tutorials are important to give them basic skills. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that you should just, like, give someone a stick and leave them in the woods and say, now pass English, but... Right, you know, here's what this, here's what this project needs to do. Here's what this project needs to do. Your pro- any project in a, in a course needs to demonstrate that you, you know, have, you've learned what we've been talking about in the course. Now, however you do that, that is totally and completely up to you. And we'll learn InDesign, we'll learn design skills, we'll learn crap and hats and all that stuff, like... Yeah, the resources sure you that need you to get done. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm sure, Charlotte, you worked harder in that class than you might have ever worked because all of a sudden, like, you're teaching real stuff instead of here's how to fill in the blanks. Like, that takes a lot of work to get people yeah. engaged in that, and that's weird, different, difficult learning than students are used to. There's resistance. But it's also fun. It, it is fun, and I got today I got the evaluations on the, on the uh, project, and I heard what I expected, which was, I don't know, I didn't know what you wanted, Mm-hmm. But but really, and this will be my plug for the professional writing showcase. <laughs> if you come next week, you will see the awesomeness that they did. Because it, oh, it's next week. yeah, it's yeah. so be- what they made was so beautiful that I was like, wow. <laughs> but that's the ticket, though. They, like my students consistently, consistently make better stuff than I could ever direct them to make. Like, yeah, and, and everything I, they make is so much better than I can even conceive of. So if I had made a set of directions for how to make a poster, they would all be fine. They would all be fine. They'd all be the same. Yeah. Yeah. They'd yes. all be the same. And I've it, always done that. Surprised me. My whole career, I have been. And you say your your phrase is uh, figure it out. My phrase is it depends. So every time they ask me a question, I say it depends, and they I make personally fun. Like yeah, that's mine better, too. But yeah. I don't think that's very good pedagogy. No, oh, mine, is, mine is always maybe you get better. Yeah, yeah mine is always uh, whatever it needs to be. Right. Yeah. Well, and when they <laughs> ask me, how, how long should this be? Well, I mean, I don't know. How However long, long it needs to be. I say, figure it out. How many but, times have you heard me say that one? A lot. <laughs> but I will, I will tell you. I will tell you in my plug for the professional writing showcase. We heard that my Lego projects are beautiful. I can't wait to see it. Are there actual, Lego? mm-hmm. actual Legos? Uh, Mindstorms, yes. They're yes. the robotic oh. Legos. Yeah. Oh, cool. They did a beautiful job. I'm so thrilled. You did a beautiful job teaching. Yeah, they, no, they did a beautiful you job. Because... good gamification. <laughs> no, there was no Game gamification. Game-based learning. Oh, <laughs> Game-based learning. Game-based <laughs> How did we go through this whole discussion without talking about WolfQuest? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I pulled the earbuds out of my ears. I was so excited about WolfQuest. Let's hear it, Sarah. <laughs> well, I was doing the chapter on gamification. Well, one of them, anyway. And I used an example of WolfQuest, which is a game that was put out by... Um, it was like co-sponsored with national parks and Yellowstone and such um, to teach about uh, wolf just 
generally wolves. wolves in general, I guess. There's <laughs> a little bit of everything. Um, but specifically how they live and exist in Yellowstone. And so the environment is essentially Yellowstone. And they took actual packs of wolves, um, the three major packs, and put them in the game. And then you play a wolf that's gone out on its own and needs to find a mate. And you can, like, kill little animals and such. And so you learn about um, sort of wolf social behavior and wolf tracking because you can, like, track other wolves and such and, uh, and prey animals and... It got rather crazy when we were playing, but it was entertaining. Did you learn anything about wolves? That it's really, really hard to find a mate. <laughs> right, and, and to join a pack if you're not already a part of one, right? Yeah. Uh, so, but you know what? This is really interesting too. You know, because I was, I was when when you started talking, I pulled it up because I was trying to remember everything I knew about the specifics of the game. But that was done in collaboration with the Minnesota Zoo, Alex Lane. Mm-hmm. So there may be an interesting project. It didn't to... make me learn anything about wolves, but it made me go and donate some money. Oh, oh, okay. Well, that that too is, uh, I'm sure, one of the purposes of the yeah. game. Yeah, it has to be. <laughs> but uh, I had so much fun. I didn't. I, I played for a little bit and I got bored, but I watched someone else play, and that was fun. It's always <laughs> fun to watch other people play. It, was it is. Um, I mean, slightly, slight, I mean, related, um, but a, an interesting, almost pure form of gamification that I've seen that actually worked out really well, um, I'm going to put it in the chat, uh, a link to it in the chat, but it's um, Habit RPG. Um, it's, it's seriously almost pure gamification. It's make yourself a role-play character and make all your tasks that you are supposed to be doing in a day into things that will give you experience when you do them. Um, but the difference here, and I think the reason why this has been really working for me and helping me keep on track in the way that it would not in a classroom, is that the motivation behind this is entirely internal. You choose to um, do it. You choose to do it, and you also set what the tasks <coughs> are, and you set the kinds of rewards that you get from it. Um, so that even if you brought this into a classroom, it would work if the students were the ones saying what they needed to get done and the rewards they got for doing it. It would not work if the teacher set up what the to-do list was and the rewards list was. Well, it's sort of like the endorphin rush you get from checking off a checklist. Exactly. I've, I've, I haven't done this particular yeah. one you're talking about. If I've done, done these before, like you get a point for brushing your teeth, you get a point for whatever. Um, right. And for me, if somebody said, my doctor was like, you should follow this plan. I would hate it. Yeah, I drive like yourself, You get this little endorphin rush from it. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and the nice thing is lists never really worked for me, but because it's got the silly, very obvious translation of game mechanics in, um, for some reason it works. I don't know. Um, but I, I think it's really interesting to see how you can get, you can do these translations of badges and points and things, if you use them right. If you if you attach them to a design mm-hmm. that is also useful for the player. It's it's interesting. You showed this to me before, and <clears throat> it made me think about um, 
games like Chore Wars, where you got points for doing chores. Um, and, and we gamify things all the time. I mean, you know, like I said, in a previous life, I was an elementary school teacher. I mean, elementary school teachers have been gamifying stuff for years, right? That's why you always have the star chart in your room. When Let's you play a silent game. When you get X number of stars, we get, you know... Or the reading thing to have the pizza party with the principal. Right, yep. or the reading thing to have a pizza party with the principal. I mean, they, they do it still in, at schools now. It's like, right, if you read a book every night and you and you kind of report that you've read a book every night, at the end of the month you get a little coupon for a free, like, personal-sized pizza at the local chain pizza joint. Oh, that was very easily cheated, though. As somebody who was who, that way I think that came popular when I was in. Well, this um, one requires this one requires parents to cheat as well because parents have to sign off on it. Oh, okay, because ours it was like you would take a test, and if you like passed a certain amount, like if you got a certain amount oh, of questions right, first. then mm -hmm. you'd get credit for it, and people oh. would just go on and take as many tests as they could and just guess get a bunch and then get as many points as they could. Oh yes, you know this one is, is it's actually a sheet of paper. You have to color in like each of the bubbles, and your parent has to sign off on it. Um, and but like we've also done, um, we have a, a book chart at our house that you know that is not the um, because the the way that the school does theirs is that you read a book, and this includes the parents, so you can read a book to your child or read a book together, and you get you know to color in a bubble. Um, but we have a book chart for peas that she has to read a book in its entirety by herself. Yeah, she's five. She's in kindergarten. But That's there are fantastic. some well, there are some great new books out there that are meant for beginning readers that mm -hmm. even if she doesn't know the words, she can totally and completely sound it out by herself. They're really short books. They're only like ten pages long. Um, and they're they're like totally and completely using her sight words. Um, and it's a confidence builder as well as anything else, right? Um, because when she get the the deal was when she got the ten books, she got a small, a small thing, a small reward. When she got to twenty books, she got a larger reward. And when she gets to forty books, she's gonna get this dang my, Pinkie Pie, My Little Pony in a car. <laughs> yes, there's a pony driving a car, and this is what she wants for her forty books. So you know. But, you know, and and so that I'm not buying <laughs> buying gifts every ten uh, every ten books that she reads because she's already starting to game the system, right? She's like, oh, we're going to Target tomorrow. I need three books to get my next prize. She'll sit down and read three books. Now, any other night of the week, it's like I'm going to read one book and then you're going to read to me these five. But is that she, gaming the system in a bad way, though? It's not. She's reading three books because she's reading three books. Mm -hmm. But she is learning to game the system, right? So on a regular night, she'll read one book and then bring me a stack of five and say, "Now read these to me, or we'll read these together." Um, but if she knows we're going to Target tomorrow and she's two or three books away from her next reward, she will actually sit down and read as many of those books as she can to get that reward. Uh, and I'm fine with that because I think, you know, and she's like, is that okay? I'm like, I'm totally okay. Aww. If you got 20 books to get to the next one, you want to sit here and read 20 books, I will listen to all 20. But that's like, that's like what Jen was talking about, like gaming the system but still still fulfilling the goal of the system by Absolutely. gaming it. So are you really gaming the system in that way? I don't, I don't think so. 
Well, uh, see, well, but I, see I that, here's the problem: is you're thinking gaming the system is a bad thing. Right. It's, it's not, not necessarily right. Not That's why all. I said we have got to rethink our own pedagogy. We have got to rethink and say cheating is not <sighs> a bad thing if it is achieving something that we want to achieve in the end. And we presented this on three years ago. Remember? Exactly. Yeah. Gaming the system and the systems of games. When the game, when the system is a game itself, you can't cheat it. You right. can only accomplish things in a different way that exactly. might accomplish the same goals in the first place. Right. I mean, and this is the this is the thing, um, is that we have got to realize and rethink our pedagogy so that we say so that when our students ask, is it bad that you know I'm working with these other students and looking through these let's plays or whatever they are in the situation that they're in and going to forums and asking questions. No, hell no. That's doing the kind of research you need to achieve your goal. We have got to start rethinking that and saying screw this idea of, you know, the solitary scholar doing this work all on their own. It doesn't work like that anymore. And I don't know if it ever did. Uh -uh. So, you know, if my kid wants to sit there and read 40 fucking books the night before we go to Target so she can get Pinkie Pie in a fucking car, I'm going to sit there <laughs> and listen to 40 books. <laughs> you know what? She, at the end of the night, she read 40 books. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And you get to buy her a toy, which is you like to do anyway. I know. And that's, that's terrible. I'm a sucker. But, uh, but I'm sorry. Well, ladies, since I, since I have... Uh, three wonderful teachers and one wonderful student here to, to even ask. I've been um, considering doing an assignment with mine where plagiarism was literally the assignment. Like, <laughs> attempt to completely plagiarize, like just steal things to the point where I can't figure out what you did. Um, and right. the ones that managed to hide it the most by the end of it to say, okay, you just did research. You just didn't put the citations. Citations. Right. You like, paraphrased. You, 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 you made sure that you got real information. You yeah. made it sound like you. You unified the voice. You did all of these things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You put all this work into fooling me. You didn't actually fool me. What you did is you did research. Yeah. I'm going to be pissed at that's you. That's risky, but I support it 100%. <laughs> me too. That's awesome. <laughs> because because I've, never, I've never really been terribly offended by plagiarism. Um unless a student really came at it with a, mass, a massive attitude. Because nine times out of ten, the students I've caught plagiarizing have either done it out of accidentally or have done it out of, like, fear or stress or various other motivations that I completely understand, even if it was not You're the smartest move. Hard as a teacher? Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 but I just, I, I never really understood taking it, like, getting offended by it. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it kind of works with, uh, there's that, there's that article, the phenomenology of error, um, talking about how people get offended over grammar mistakes as if it's this, you know, <laughs> horrible thing. How dare you waste my time? And it's like, why is this such a huge crime? Like, I don't, I don't personally get offended by plagiarism. Um, but I think where a lot of people do, particularly people based in literature and writing, uh, backgrounds is because, their only currency is authorship and attribution for their mm -hmm. work. Um, right. So it's not, it not, it's not necessarily anything to do with pedagogy, anything to do with the student, anything to do with any of that, but they just deeply, deeply believe that 
someone's work needs to be their own and it's a huge violation of your personal property and your personal right as an artist for putting something out there to have someone take it. Uh, and I do, I do fully understand it. that. I mean, my best friend is an artist and I've, I've watched her deal with uh, some of the terrible things that happen when people just grab it and run off. Yeah. Um, and again, just it's not my personal thing either. I I give a crap less. I mean, I mean, I obviously uphold right. the ideals of it, but um, and and so that's that's why obviously, like, if I did a plagiarism assignment, the goal would lend to be coming back and talking about, okay, so what's really wrong with plagiarism? Like, why is this a bad thing? I like that idea. Um, okay, but it sounds like it could be a workable. Yeah, absolutely. Concept. Okay, cool. Again, not as an administrator. I think it sounds fucking fabulous. <laughs> I, I might do it someday. I mean, really, like, Please do. I'll better learn something than by failure. Are you using a reward then for best discrete plagiarizer, or I haven't I haven't been able to fully plan it out yet. But there would probably be some kind of of reward outside like of the actual credit grade. point, which never means anything. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> extra credit I... point or like a candy or something. I, don't I, know. I encouraged, um, uh, not encouraged, that's sort of, yeah. I, I a little bit encouraged plagiarism in my uh, Lego assignment because we were doing usability. And if you're, if you're thinking about making a robot for people to, who, people who are just going to be on the internet and they're going to go and find the instructions or whatever, mm -hmm. you have to think about the usability of that. Like, what, what do they want? Mm -hmm. Me as a, a Lego user, I don't want to. I don't want it to be too difficult. So if you can just point me to where the program is and I can download it, mm -hmm. then let's do that, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I kind of encourage that. So if you can find a program and we can download it and we can make it work, then yeah, okay, that's what I want because that's, maybe one of the difference between professional writing and creative writing. It might be, yeah. Although creative writing really is the same way, it's just not articulated as much. It's not as safe as it is in professional writing. Right. When you're Cre professional creative writer, writing you don't cite. Well, and when you're a professional writer, you often don't get credit for anything. It's not like your name goes on the manual that you write for right. a machine. No. So there's different sense of authorship. Right. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you do cite in creative writing, though. Like if if you if it was such an influence on you that you Right. Sometimes they'll put it in the intro, or yeah, um, or we'll talk about it in interviews and and say where they got that ins inspiration. Um, but I mean, like we teach in-text citation and work cited in bibliographies, and that's a very very right. different. And, we, and you style. don't get, and you don't get that in creative writing. And I mean, and, it, and I mean to be perfectly honest, and I'm horrible to say this. How many people read the intros or the acknowledgement like acknowledgements on a novel? <laughs> It depends on the author, but yeah, yeah. your point is or, I mean, usually, and, and, usually correct. <laughs> but it's also not the history of creative writing, right? Right. Like, like, like you, you used to not cite at all because you didn't have access to those texts. So you would say very obvious drop, very obvious hints and quotes and stuff, but you would never put quotes around it. I mean, there's that stuff rampant to show, look at all the stuff I'm referring to. Well, and I feel like I should say, too, that the Lego stuff is not necessarily plagiarism so much as it's open source. is right there for right. everybody. It doesn't seem like plagiarism to me. No. So, yeah, I'm like, I don't want to be like, I'm telling my students to plagiarize, but it's, it's open source. It's right there. They put it there because they want you to use it, which is part of where 
the whole thing is changing right now, right? Yeah, it's it's acknowledging that information is meant to be communicated and shared, mm -hmm. and that what we want them to do is we want them to communicate, we want them to share, we want them to participate, and then put their own creations back out there. Yeah. Um, and I mean to with with uh, gaming and and quote unquote plagiarism. Um, I know, like with Minecraft, I had a lot of fun, you know, designing things on my own. But I got into a rut, where everything I would design would look exactly the same because I had one way that it worked for me, and I got bored. Um, so then it was going onto forums and seeing what other people did, and sometimes it was to copy them directly. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes mm -hmm. it was like, oh well, I like this feature from this and this feature from that, and I stick them together. Yeah. Um, and and it just kind of makes me think back to when I was in sixth grade I actually did a young author contest and I, I won uh, one of the prizes for it and my teacher came to me later and said oh well they the, the, the judging committee actually thought that you had plagiarized this that you had stolen this and I had to assure them that no this is how you actually wrote and I'm so glad I didn't say anything because part of me like little little sixth grade me in a panic was like, oh my god, but I did plagiarize. Because what I had done is I'd taken the Romeo and Juliet plot, mm -hmm. and I had the names Shasta and Erebus from um, C.S. Lewis's Horse and His Boy. <coughs> and in my mind, the fact that I took the names and the most common love story plot ever <laughs> and put them into this story, well, obviously I did copy, and I just didn't want to get in trouble, so I didn't say anything to my teacher. Um, and it, I think sometimes that's still how we approach plagiarism at this level, like, oh my god, you stole this one thing, mm -hmm. you know, at the, how dare you, everything that you did is now invalidated, and it's like, well, wait a second, this is, this has been writing for forever, this is what we do. That's so funny that you said that, because that same exact thing happened to me with the never-ending story. Really? Yeah, I, I like submitted a thing and I, I won, and they're like, but it sounds like the never ending story. And I was like, well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, but that's not plagiarizing, right? That I know, is, right. <laughs> right, that's yeah. being influenced by. And that's, and that's what, I mean, and that's kind of part of what we've been talking about, like in, in our games rhetoric and play class, right? This semester, as people are starting to develop their games. It's like, yeah, I kind of took this element from this game and this element from that game and this element from this game and put them together and then put this spin on it and put my narrative on top of it and made something totally and completely <coughs> different. Right? It's it's re I mean it's what we've been for the last, you know, 10 years, right, calling remix culture. Mm -hmm. Um but then at the same time, if you think back and you look at those games that you're pulling elements from to make your game or look at those stories that you're pulling elements from to make your story, they've come from somewhere else, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because <laughs> Shakespeare plagiarized like crazy. It was amazing. The yeah. whole thing is that, you know, like, they say, you know, that original ideas don't really exist anymore because right. it's been done in some way, in some sense, and you're just, you have to find new ways to take those ideas and represent them. Mm -hmm. so, that's, what I, that's what I was thinking. They say, like, how many new ideas are there? There's no new ideas. Yeah, you just, just approach it in a different way or, yeah, write it in a different way. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, we, you know, we got to think about all those different things. 
is that, you know, there's, you know, uh, is there nothing new under the sun? There may be new ways to get at it, but, you know, mm-hmm. interestingly enough. I mean, I'm sure something exists, but <laughs> <laughs> the chance of you finding that thing that's just never been done before. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that might happen. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Well, that was interesting. I, and I, I'm interested to see, um, you know, what kinds of conversations come up online uh, about games and gamification uh, to see how people respond to kind of what we've said as well. Um, because, you know, that's always fun. So, uh, Alex, thanks for coming up with the idea of doing gamification. That was a whole lot of fun. Yeah, woo. <laughs> You get no points for that. Um, <laughs> We're not going to gamify the podcast. Wasn't a very enthusiastic woo. No. Woo! <laughs> oh my god. Dang. <laughs> You're going to freak out your dog. I did. <laughs> yep. Um, so. Sorry, I have a special guest. Oh, I was looking at something Uh-oh. else. I missed it. Oh, he's well, hello, special guest. Where are you? Come here. Come be in the camera. Oh, <laughs> kitty. Cat's mm-hmm. like, leave me alone. I'm going to sleep. I know. He's like, put me down. Yeah, he <laughs> crawled into my lap and decided that now is the time. Special guest time. <laughs> at least my oh, eye. <laughs> he's got like a cycle. I'm small. You're <laughs> small. Everyone's small. We're small. Oh, Jesus. At least start sleeping and not playing with squeaky toys, so we're good there. He's like, he's like, at least leave me with some of my dignity. She has no dignity. She just likes attention. Yeah. Bad eye. All right. Anyway, so right. Um, deals of the week. I messed up. Yeah. Charlotte, give us our deal, our deals for broke ass gamers this week. Well, the biggest deal for broadcast gamers is Target's uh, buy two, get one free. Oh, i got to make sure I stay out of Target. I know. Well, they <laughs> don't have anything anyway. That's the problem. They don't have what I want because they don't have, well, that's not fair. Nobody has Vita games, so anyway. Um, but anyway, buy two, get one free. Obviously, the typical thing applies. Whatever is uh, the cheapest will be free. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I found was uh, the Humble Bundle is not the greatest. In my opinion, it's not the greatest this week, but it did have typewriter, which I wanted, which is fun. Dumb. It's not dumb. <laughs> it's a font game. You can teach it. Okay. Dumb. The idea of a font game. It's actually really beautiful. I'm not going to lie. I think it's, it's beautiful. Cool. It's beautiful. It has great music. I think it would be good for students if you're trying to teach them about it because it has a lot of history. Uh, How much having, is it? Well, the Humble Bundle is pay what you want. So, oh, okay. Uh, and it comes with you know other games that I haven't heard of, but um, I, I don't know. It was like six fifty on on uh, Steam. So pay, pay what you want. I don't well, know. And what it does, the Humble Bundle also has like Broken Sword too, which is um. Kind of a, a good series of uh, oh, RPGs yeah. that have been around forever. 
Um, I, was, and, I was interested in that one, but I didn't know what it was about. So. And if you beat the the if you beat the average, which right now is three dollars and ninety one cents, you also yeah. get Kingdom Rush, which will, is a good game. I've I've got it on um my iPad and on my um Android phone, and it's a it's a fun game to play. It's a tower defense game. Okay. Yeah, I don't like those, but. Yeah. Like, I don't like those, but if that's your thing. <laughs> no, I don't like those. I don't, but I was interested in Broken Sword too. Mm-hmm. I was really excited about Typewriter because I'd heard about it and I wanted to play it, but I don't want to pay for it. So, anyway. Um, yeah, it was a, it's a fun one. I will say this about Typewriter too is the soundtrack is excellent, and I put it on my iPod. <laughs> so, there's that. And it comes with it in this. Fancy. Nice. And then the other thing I thought was interesting was um, Best Buy has the 2K experience for $10, which includes Bioshock, Borderlands, and XCOM. Not real recent games, but for basically... Enemy Explorer? No. The first one. (laughs) Well, not the first one. The the first remade one. Yeah. (laughs) Enemy Unknown, I mean. Enemy, yeah. But if you haven't played That's them, a good game. That's an ten, amazing game. If you haven't played them, it ten is. bucks for but you get all three. You get you get Bioshock, oh. Borderlands, and XCOM. Is that PC? That's PC. No, no, it's PS3 and Xbox 360. Nice. Oh. I I highly <laughs> recommend doing yeah. that because Xbox XCOM uh, Enemy Unknown is one of my favorite games. And I feel Say the same again, way. Where is that? I, uh, Best Buy, and I feel the same way about Bioshock. Yeah, me too. Bioshock. Is, is this the original Bioshock? Yes. Yeah, that's that is one of the best ones. But it's mm-hmm. a very good game. Yeah, so you have the original Bioshock, original Borderlands, I guess, and then XCOM. Nice. Best Buy, nine nine nine. Nice. So, who would have thought Best Buy? Yeah, I like Best Buy. Uh, I wouldn't say all that. <laughs> one of the one of the people helping pick their CEOs was a big help with my diss. So mm-hmm. on them. Well, here's another interesting thing is that is that um some of the games that are uh, that are on sale on P- on PlayStation Network this weekend are some goodbyes. Um, one of the best games that I have played on my Vita has been Persona 4 Golden. Yes. Um, which is yes. is the the Vita version of Persona Four. Um, which Terrible my understanding. Oh come on. It's a Persona great game. game. Alex doesn't like JRPG, so she doesn't count. I um, all of you. She's such a hater. I know. It's a good game. It's a I'll great admit game. I haven't I haven't played that one. I pl- I played Persona Three. But. Persona yeah, Four game. is on sale um on PlayStation Network for nine ninety nine. Okay. Well, the other thing I was going to say, too, is the Humble Bundle weekly sale is interesting because it has, um, well, I don't know the other games, but it has um, Pixel Junk Monsters and Hotline Miami, mm-hmm. but those were free on the Vita, so. Always good choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Persona, Persona 4 Golden was definitely... Um, a really good game. Um, if you've got a Vita, pick it up definitely. If you don't, pick up Persona 4. Um, I might pick up Persona 4 for the PS3 anyway, just to play through it again because it's got more content mm. um, than than Golden. Um, and I have sunk a lot of time in Golden. It's a great game, despite what Alex says. Ugh. 
Mm. Alex yeah. hasn't played it, so she's not allowed to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. I think, I think I'm definitely like gonna have to get that. That. I, 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 like, guys, I don't have that much money. <laughs> but it's so good. Like you lose so much time. I mean, that's and not it's, a good. That's not endorsement, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, that, that's ten bucks definitely worth spending. Yeah. Look at all the time you lose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it'll be fun time. So. It's yeah. happy fun time. Yeah. A paper I still haven't finished for Rick. <laughs> well, he's not listening, I promise. So just go buy it. <laughs> no, no, he, he's not listening. You're good. Oh. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> Evil laugh. Oh, my. So, on that note. <laughs> I mean, it's totally done. It's yeah, totally, right. totally and completely complete. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, on that note, uh, those are our deals for broadcast gamers this week. Thank you very much, Charlotte. Um, and as always, we welcome your emails, your voicemails, your video mails, whatever you want to send us. You can uh, send them to us at uh, nymgamer at gmail.com if you want to use email. Or you can use the cool little flyout for voicemail on the Not Your Mama's Gamer um, blog officially, um, as well as the nice little uh, do 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 voicemail applet on our Facebook page. Just search for Not Your Mama's Gamer um, on Facebook. You will find us. Um, we have you should you should be visiting or uh, definitely. Getting our blog posts via your RSS reader daily, um, as we have our wonderful pithy posts uh, on a daily basis that come between your biweekly um, your biweekly uh, treat. That is the podcast. It's a treat. Um, <laughs> just say that to yourself over and over again. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter at at mymgamer. Um, and if Twitter, Facebook, um, or email are not your thing, you can always uh, follow us on Tumblr at nymgamer.tumblr.com. Uh, are those all the ways to get to us? I think so. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, and uh, we ran a contest last week for Titanfall swag. We're, we're doing... Um, we're having fun doing more contests and and uh, more um, tournaments um, as well. Uh, Alex we ran, our first Hearthstone our, tournament. ran a Hearthstone tournament. We got another one coming up soon-ish. So she's going, to roller, she's going to roller derby this weekend, so it won't be this weekend. Hmm? Um, but we have another Hearthstone tournament coming up as well as another contest coming up. And we always post those both on the blog and on our... Um, Facebook page and on Twitter, so those are all good reasons to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and read the blog daily to come up with those interesting, uh, see what those interesting contests are, because we gave away some pretty cool Titanfall swag that included um, an e-guidebook, um, a Titanfall um, wristband, and a Titanfall lanyard, um, all in one neat little packet. packet. 
and Patrick was actually the winner of that one. Um, so we'll have another contest coming up soon, um, as well as keep an eye out for our rescheduled Hearthstone tournament, um, where there will be a prize to be won, usually. Um, yeah, keep an eye out for that kind of stuff. Fun stuff going on, definitely. Spread the word. Tell all your friends about Not Your Mama's Gamer, because you know what? We're awesome, and they should be listening to us and reading us, too. Mm -hmm. um, right. <laughs> so, um, until next time, uh, stay warm, stay dry, and as always, folks, guess what? Game on! Game on! <laughs> Game on! <laughs> But it's not enough